everybody. Welcome to King and Colons, a podcast dedicated to reading Stephen King. And yes, you guessed it, drinking beers. I'm your host, John. And today I'm joined by my trusty co-host, G. What's up, G? Hey, everybody. And it's not just beers. It's uh, White Claws, too. Sorry, I was being exclusive or something. Or, yeah, yeah I, was, I was being problematic. I apologize. <laughs> Sugar waters are welcome here in this household. Thank you. All right. So we're trucking along. We, we got to the second book in our chron- chronological reread of Stephen King. Or read of Stephen King. We are on 1975's Salem's Lot. So exciting. So this is going to be really, for the first like 10 episodes, we're probably going to be like, yeah, the first time I heard about Salem's Lot was the adaptation or whatever, which is... Literally true. I'm guessing that yeah, that's what it was for you, right? Yes, 100%. Uh, that movie was like a Bloodhound classic. He liked it a lot. Yes. So uh, yeah, just early memories of... Like, the, you know, the, the iconic scene that sticks out from the movie is the glick at the little Danny. I was going to say that when he's floating by the yeah. window. Also, I do like the kitchen scene. Yes, yes. You know, the scene yeah. is unexpected and, um, yeah, I enjoy that. Forgot to open the open it with a crack of beer, by the way. I apologize. Oh. So, sorry we were just so listeners. excited that yeah. you had to just jump into it. But, yeah, I, I would say the... The scene with the um, the family in the kitchen. Little Mark Petrie. Yeah, little Mark Petrie. Yeah, little Marky Petrie. Yeah. Father Callahan. His, his parents get got. But, and um, you can, I can still kind of hear the um, crack. The crack, yeah. It yeah. was loud, and it uh, you like felt it when you mm-hmm. watched it. So. So it's same kind of thing in the book too. Usually we talk about this shit by like the first time we read it. We've both read this. You read it before I did. I think I did read it once over the pandemic. Okay, and so I enjoyed two it. years ago. Or Sometime, I mean, time is whatever. Time is infinite and terrible. Yes, close circle. And I feel like uh, it was in the past year. I think I, I still can. Cons- is it the pandemic anymore? I don't know. Uh, I think. Um, is it over? I think Sleepy Joe Biden uh, said <laughs> it's over. So I think we're good there. Listen, guys, I, I rip on Trump. I rip on Biden. They, they, they both suck. But. Uh, he probably just doesn't yeah. know what year it is. Yeah, he's just I'm the you know, same. I I'm nothing, so I just his brain probably <laughs> looks like fucking applesauce right now. Oh it's my like god! A, oh my um, god! But so yeah, I I read this. I did cheat a little bit with this reread. I I read this at the beginning of summer. Uh, as we record this, it is the day after the first day of fall, right? Yes, that's exactly right, and it feels like fall. So white white women everywhere in Delaware County are very happy. Cause I have my boots on. I'm so excited. Gina showed up in her boots. Uh, Christina woke up. She did a heel click out of the bed because it was cold today. So uh, pumpkin spice is in the air. Oh, my God. It literally is. It's all is. good, baby. Yeah. There's literally pumpkin spice in the air. Yeah. She has a candle lit. It it's, smells it's, really good. If you have some kind of allergy, you're fucked, but. All the white women love it. I, I like. I, I'm as as we talk about this. I'm drinking a uh, baked pumpkin ale from Lancaster Brewing Company. That sounds lovely. Oh yeah, it's really. Good. <laughs> it's that was actually smooth. my first sip of it. Yep, it's really good. And G, as we talk about, you're doing the claw. But I'm doing the watermelon flavor, so you should know. The, the, the um, watermelon flavor. The watermelon flavor. flavor, and I am living large because usually I just do black cherry. So so there. So there. Baby. <laughs> All right. Fun so times. Trying to make sure. Okay. I was doing an audio test, which I should have done before the recording, but here we go. St- still sounds good, I think. 
You sound so good, John. Sounds so good. All right. So I took some really shitty notes. Me too. All right. So, uh, it's a thick book though. I mean, there's a lot to cover. Yep. And we're not going to get everything, but we never do. So yeah. Published at a perfect time, October 17th, 1975. Height of Halloween season. Things were great back then. (laughs) Actually, probably not. Uh, Is there still Vietnam stuff going on or the aftermath of Vietnam? I don't know. I I probably should have done some, you know, some time historical context shit. Uh, did you read any back? background bullshit on this i was um, i did a little not really i mean i know that it's the second book i know it was from 1975 from double day mm-hmm. um i just when we were talking about it i just can't believe uh so he did uh carrie and then this and then the shining i mean he must have been like his ego must have been like so big I don't know how well they were received. Were they received well, all of them? Or so I think movies, so they must be. Yeah, I think Carrie was looked at as, upon as like a um, impressive first kind of kind of first kind of book, like a good introduction. Sounds lot seems to be kind of similar. People are like, yeah, okay, pretty good. I, I think it's soon he'll start battling. Uh, he's just a horror schlock guy. He's mm-hmm. kind of you always get shit on by the New York times i want to say and that's something that will haunt him until uh some of those reviewers start dying uh (laughs) in in the mid-2000s and and now everyone uh digs him so that's great yeah Yeah. i mean there's a i mean it is it's hard because you don't know you're good because you're listening to other people i mean but i guess book sales would tell him he's good and it was that thing of like you know, everyone's going to shit on the new guy that's selling all the books or whatever. Right. And it's also populist stuff can't be good. Like, like the horror stuff might not be as respected as mm-hmm. other genres, maybe. Like I'm I remember, sure. um, like even when I was in college, which is now still uh, annoyingly 100 years ago. But like the idea of bringing King up in like a discussion in one of our English classes was like, I feel like that would have been a good way to get a bad grade in that class. In oh, they don't classes. know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're biased. Some of, some of the younger p- people could have dealt with it, but there were some... Uh, some crust, old crotchety cr- professors. Uh, crusty, uh, I want to use the word. Crusty old white guys. I like that. I like yeah. that. Crusty old white guys. I'm, I'm just, I'm still, <laughs> I can say that because I'm only 34, 33, whatever age that is. So I'm Must just, be nice, dude. Yeah, I'm still, a, I'm, I'm a soft boy, though. <laughs> soft young bo- youngish boy. All right, so I, in terms of background bullshit, all I got is like, so I, I think uh, old Stevie King, Uncle Steve, Uncle Steve, was sitting at dinner with his wife Tabby, and I think he was inspired by like he, he was teaching Dracula to his high school kids at the time, and he wondered aloud like, what happens if like Dracula shows up today? What what, what would happen to him? And Tabby said he'd probably get hit by a fucking cab in New York or something. I mean that's legit, and that's probably what would have happened. And, but he said the idea kept on like popping up in his head and he's like, well, New York probably wouldn't be a good setting, but what like about like a small sleepy town, what would happen then? And so that's like the bones of, uh, Salem's lot. Um, what else? Oh, also, this is a really cool thing. So, well, I guess terrifying to him. Uh, as a kid, he had this like terrible nightmare. Um, he saw a body hanging in his dream. Jesus. Hanging in the wind, and like the, when the wind turned the body over, he saw that the the body had his face, all fucked up and mangled, and the eyes shot up. And he said he woke in like this terror, 
afraid that he was going to see the face again when he, like, in the dark. That's super creepy. And that's that's kind of one of the central images of this of this book of um, Ben Mears yes. at the uh, Marston house. I know yeah. we're not talking about the movie, but I don't remember this being part of the movie. It was a long time ago, but I do not remember the hanging body part from being part of the movie. But, yeah. So that, when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, this whole element not in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, not in the book. Uh, not in the movie. What am I saying? <laughs> but, um... I th- they might touch on it in the like in the it's, like, it's been yeah. it's been years. I would love to rewatch yeah. it. I think you can. I forget how they said it's streaming. It might be on Shutter right now. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna have to watch that. Well, it's spooky season, so perfect Ooh. time. You know, we might be experiencing some slight technical difficulties. So but I, John I'm trying, is I'm tr- handling <laughs> it well. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure the uh, the noise doesn't echo. Yeah, echo. There we go. Um, so also some other cool stuff that we'll get to at some point, I guess, uh, the short story collection Night Shift has a prequel to the story and a sequel. I didn't know that until recently. And that's awesome. I, I just read Night Shift for the first time in the summer, I want to say. And it's really good. It's like all of his early shit. I've been, I've been wondering how we'd cover these cause. What year was that written? That's a problem. Like so, a lot of these were written like before the before the novels and stuff. Like, uh, like when were they collected? Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the published. I'd have to look at the Wikipedia. Yeah, um, our source. Yeah, but I was like, should we do the short collections in between? You do like a mini, and a lot of them have like you know. 10 to 20 stories so it'd be tough to cover all yeah, that that's true. you know what i mean that's, so that's what i was thinking yeah. so i don't know maybe we'll do separate weird episodes i mean when you did the twilight zone you did a couple highlights so that was cool it's yeah. hard to sometimes when you find a really good one it's hard to like limit yourself mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah i get what you're saying it's a lot to cover there's already like how many books did he write i mean there's so many it's like <sighs> it's got to be over 60 se- yeah 60 plus yeah some, that's a some, lot Sometimes you'd have two books come out a year and shit like that. That's so, yep, 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 yep. He's filthy rich. Yes, he is. All right, so should we dive into some of the characters that we Let's that we it. see in this? All right, so we got our first, in terms of the novels, our first writer character, Ben Mears. Ben Mears, and Who, I still picture him in, when I'm reading the book, like just like the, the, the mini series. Yeah, blonde, yeah, blonde guy. Hair, like, yeah, he's got longer hair. He's cool. Mm-hmm. He's like somewhat he's had like he's he's had some success but not a ton i think he wrote like one oh he wrote a couple books but one of them was like more well known than the others and he's kind of mysterious coming new to the town and he's i don't know when we find out but basically he's suffered like a recent not recent i don't know how many years ago but his his wife had passed away in a car accident that he may have caused Weird part, alcohol consumption. Of, weird part of the story that we can get and into. Going farther. Yeah. But yeah, he um, he's just looking for inspiration, comes to this town, doesn't really at first disclose why he's here. Mm-hmm. But he's intrigued and he grew up. I think he spent some time, like his, something happened with his parents and I can't quite remember. Did his dad die and his mom? That shit's a little foggy for me. Yeah, too, it's yeah. foggy, but something <clears throat> happened with his parents, and so he moved in with his aunt in this town, 
uh, Jerusalem's lot. Might have even been like his dad left or something. Yeah, yeah. something something yeah. happened with his parents, and he ended up in this town. It became sort of like the only home that he ever knew. It wasn't really – he wasn't and, even there for that Yeah, long. he was only there for like four years or something, yeah. I think. But um, still. Yeah. So that's what sticks out to me. But, yeah, it's a thick book, and it's hard to remember every single detail, but – yeah, and in terms, uh, so I, th- uh, I guess spoiler alert. I think overall, Sam's Lot is pretty good. I think Ben Mears is a little thin as a cat. Like he's just like writer guy. He's, he's not good developed at, enough. He's good at his job. And wife died. Sad face. Um, and he has baggage. Yeah, he has baggage or whatever. Like the the wife dying stuff is weird. Like I guess we could just get into it. The wife isn't. She's mentioned once or twice. Mm-hmm. And he may or may not have caused her death by I think he had two or three beers. It's very obscure. Like yeah. they just mention it, and he doesn't disclose this. T- well, I can't. I can't really say too much without getting into things later. But it's fine. We c- yeah, we can go in and out. I mean, the, su- the he meets this woman, Susan so Norton. Like Susan Norton. And the like, he just happens to run across her in the park. I think was he writing or just visiting? He was like visiting his old stomping grounds. Yeah. And Susan Norton's like. Oh, you're the writer, Ben Mias. <laughs> yeah. I, I like your one book. Did she have his book, the book with her? Uh, <laughs> was she fangirling? Like maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little co- coincidental or whatever, because he's not yeah. a big, big writer, but still. And she's like, he's he's thinking, oh, look at this babe, fresh oh. out of college. Oh, younger, hotter than my dead wife. Oh my god. And more available. Yeah, so she's super eager, and she's like, "Let's go get malts." <laughs> yeah, because he's this, like, "Yes, this, this is the seventies, and he could still get malts and shit." How amazing is that, though? I want to go get a malt. Just get a malt of just sugar and fucking <laughs> soda water or whatever. It I would is. love to go to a place like that. Why don't yeah. we have any? I, don't I mean, they should have nifty fifties, dude. Yeah, uh, and then we wonder why there were so many fucking like health issues for the older. <laughs> it's because they were drinking fucking syrup and shit. On top of ice cream. Now we've replaced that with Starbucks, and I'm okay with it because yeah. I just like coffee. Yeah, Starbucks is for functioning. Like, Yeah, I just people. need any kind of caffeine just to get through the day. I can't be doing energy drinks. But yeah, they get a malt, and they're just bonding, and he, she's fangirling. And just, she's know. like, so where do you get your ideas for, for writing? <laughs> That's like a famous thing that Stephen King hates. Of like, Where'd so- your ideas come from? And he's like, I don't know, life? <laughs> I think life. I don't think he, she might have asked him, she might have asked him, like, what is he writing about? And he doesn't want to tell her. I yeah. do remember that. And it's. Maybe it's, he's the, not the, sure yet. Yeah, the idea, is so he's haunted by, he's very intrigued by, which I like a lot, every, you can kind of relate to this, it's the, the Marston house, the spooky house. Mm-hmm. He tried to rent it or stay there as he's writing this book because that's essentially what he's there for is to write a a book about this house that seems to be haunted but also haunt this sleepy little town can we say why he i mean we kind of already touched upon yeah it, yeah but like the reason why he's intrigued by this house is because he remembers when he when he was little when he was living there with his aunt mm-hmm. he was dared by a friend to go inside and when he went inside, he went up the steps and he opened the closet door and he's he saw a body body hanging and body hanging and it was Hubie Mar Hubie Marston Hubie Marston yep and um you know that obviously that image would haunt anyone especially a child so it was forever burned in his memory so he you know decided to 
come back. I guess it was in the back of his head. He decided to come back to this town, and he's using that as imp- inspiration. Also, like the house is he he wasn't able to rent it, but like the house is kind of perched on a hill overlooking the whole town. It's kind of ominous. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know, like, why he couldn't rent it, and then he finds out later. So it's, it's rented by uh, some gentlemen, uh, I think Stra- uh, Straker. Straker and Kurt Barlow. They sound like an, a Burnt and Ernie, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, they are just mysterious guys. They're going to open up um, like furniture a f- shop. Furniture shop, like ex- like antique I almost said furniture. exotic furniture. Exotic isn't the right word, but yeah, antiques might be the better. better. I mean, it was way over. Like you would know, it's if you've ever lived in a town and you see a store that's like way out of the price range of the town. You're like, that does not belong here. Yeah, in that th- small town, that would not fly. I think, and the the setup is weird. I think their shop is like supposed to be near a highway or something, so it's like to attract tourists right, or something. Because right. um, you or know, that's no the, one's. No one's going to be spending like $800 on like a tapestry. Yeah. In this yeah. town. Like it, it's not happening. So. And so he, yeah, he's, he's all kind of bummed out that he can't get the house, but he, he settles in like a boarding house kind of thing. Which is also interesting to hear about. Yeah. Boarding like houses. They have that shared. Do, do boarding um, houses still exist? Do they still exist or whatever? That's a great question. I bet they exist somewhere. Well, it's sort of like a bread and Bed and, bread, bread and bread, breakfast. A bread and a breakfast, bread and breakfast uh, where I they serve you bread that. all the day. De- yeah. I would love a bread like and breakfast, too. but unfortunately, doesn't exist. But uh, bed and breakfast, yes, I think those still exist, and maybe it's sort of like that. You share like a bathroom mm-hmm. and a joint kitchen, and there's a, you know, a caretaker kind of person. So, uh, so, so in addition to the, you know, the the character writer, one of the Stephen King tropes, we also get the. The, we mentioned it already. The Marston House is not just uh, a haunted house. It becomes one of these evil spots. Source like of it, evil. Yeah. Uh, like this source of evil that attracts other evil things. Like this is going to pop up a lot in other King books. Like all right, the next one we're going to cover, The Shining. Like the the Shining Hotel. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's going to be fun, like trying to pick out the tropes as we go through his uh, bibliography. Um, something I think he does... We got it a little bit in Carrie, but he steps it up here. We get more of a sense of a small town, like, functioning. Like, yes. we, we're introduced to more small-time characters. Like, I can't recall his name, but there's the uh, weirdo that works at the junkyard who shoots rats for fun. Um, like, a real scum kind of guy. Uh, the, the lady that runs the boarding house. Oh, my gosh. I wish I remembered her name. Yeah. We... I can't remember her name, but you get you can picture her. She's like, in, she's just an old lady, a widow, and she's kind of conservative. She once had a fling with like the town drunk who used to be a stand-up guy, and he seems still to be a stand-up guy, but he's still you know the town drunk now. Right. Um, yeah, we we also get like something I like too. We we is it, mentioning this on a Cold Ones podcast. There's Dell's the bar. Th- oh, don't we all have a pub? Yeah, we it, it, it kind of yeah. It feels like, and that's something that uh, shows up in uh, One for the Road, the sequel story in Night Shift. A good bit of it takes place at a bar. I don't know if it's Dell's. Oh, baby, hear that crack? No, nah, it's a it's that's a tough can to crack. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough can to crack. <laughs> tough. Okay, tough can to crack, baby. 
I'm going to start using that in my everyday life. <laughs> but yeah, the, the local pub is great. You know everyone. You see everyone that you don't necessarily want to see. Yeah, you see people you <laughs> want to see and people you don't want to see. Exactly. So I'm flipping my shitty notes here. Uh, okay, Like another character that populates the town that a fairly major character, Matt Burke. He's the English teacher. Oh, I love him. He befriends um, Ben. Ben, God, Jesus Christ, befriends Ben, and Matt Burke is he? I guess he seems a little vanilla at first because he's just like, I'm a middle aged guy and I'm satisfied with my life, <laughs> and he's like, he's not married or anything, but he's just, he seems to be a guy that's pretty good at his job and just like, boys just, with everybody, he's just bopping along, bopping, right? al- he's bopping just along, living his life, an English teacher, and he invites Ben. To like to speak his at class. his yeah, English like he class. respected yeah. him so much as a writer. He's like, do you want to come and? share some of your knowledge with my class which is cool they yeah kind of bond over that i think they also they and that's where they get into a lot of the background of the marston house like oh yeah hubie marston he was like this weird like used to be a hitman for for I almost gangsters. Said gangster but yeah yeah, yeah okay, he was he was, okay. was kind of like a hitman for gangsters and uh See, like, he killed his wife killed his, then, it was like is that hush hush thing he's like well his wife died Wink, wink, right, kind right. of. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm sampling a beer from Teeny here. What is it called? Oh, baby. What's this called, Teeny? It is um, <clears throat> inspired by the Ivan's famous spiced, uh, famous spiced um, wafers. No way. The the thing looks like it. The yeah. can looks just like, oh, that's amazing. Um, it is by Concha Hawken Brewing. You should oh, save Conchi. that can. That's going on Instagram, baby. Yeah. Good beer, too. Okay, okay. It's very fizzy. It is. A little fizzy. It's fizzy. Fizzy lifting, fizzy lifting yeah. drinks. <laughs> you lose. You <laughs> drunk the fizzy lifting drinks. Uh, Good day, a, sir. Sorry. What a wild movie. Sorry, <laughs> Good no, day. It's okay. Good day, sir. Um, so, yeah, Matt, uh, Matt and Ben are boys. Boys They're being boys, boys together. dudes being dudes. They share a spaghetti meal. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, he goes. Why but, do I care? I don't know. Yeah, I they share care. a nice spaghetti meal late at night one time. Um, Mark Petrie, he is the first of the um, cool Stephen King kid protagonists. So, and he does remind me of some other characters in other books. Yep, yep, a little, uh, maybe a little Jake from the Dark Tower. Yes, exactly. A little bit. Did um, not think of that till now. Mm-hmm. So, Mark Petrie, he's I guess he's kind of described as a little nerdy at first, but his intro is pretty sweet, where a a bully starts to try to fuck with him. Um, but the bully's big and slow. Mark Petrie is small and fast, and he kind of beats the shit out of him. I almost feel like this is like King writing, like, man, when I was a kid being bullied, I wish I was this cool. Yeah. Let me write the best version of my little self into this. He outsmarted the bully and kind of, like, basically they had an understanding after that because the bully was like, don't embarrass me again. Yeah. I'll I'll not mess with you if you don't embarrass me again. Yeah. That's cool. He's into monster shit. He's into... Old, the old timey movies. He's very. Uh, he kind of almost feels like, um, you know, the character Randy from Scream. Um, yes. It almost feels a little bit like a proto Randy, a little bit. Where he he's knows like, the rules. Of yep. He, yep. The he, rules. He knows the vampire rules. Exactly. Yeah. And it's cool. Oh, we just spoiled it. This book's about vampires. Sorry. Everybody. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we spoiled it. How dare you? I just thought everybody didn't like to come out during the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right, and I guess. We can get into... Uh, what more. was the first, like... 
The first vi- vampire. Well, I don't the, vi- the, the first strike of violence was it the dog? So, oh fuck yeah, it is a dog. You're correct. Okay. Yes. The bloody dog. God damn! No, you just, I think was the, bo- the was the dog. Um, it was somebody's uncle's dog, and it was battered. Yep. Bloodied, maybe on a. I can't remember like, the circumstance other than the it was. I think it was put. I think it was like put on, on top of a fence. Okay, yes. that's what I was thinking. Okay, this is very unrelated and kind of selfish for me to bring this up. I'm <laughs> writing a story, and I just realized I totally ripped this off. The first act of violence is against a dog. And it's just, How oh, okay. dare you? Oh, okay. How dare you? I'm not rewriting it. I'm stealing it. I don't care. Okay, but yes, first and. We don't like to see dog violence. That's bad. I don't want dog so, violence. So if a dog is dead, that means anyone can die going forward. That is true. I have heard you guys say that before. Yeah. If all, you commit an act of violence against an animal, how dare you? So um, That was the first sign, but they just thought punk kids did it. Yeah, and th- did they mention satanic stuff? Like, I don't know there if they was, did at that point. Okay. Th- there was a satanic panic that did happen in like... Yes. Um... Might have been after this. I think that might, was that the eighties because I do remember like um, it happens like Dee Snyder being a part of that. Yeah, it happens like like every fifteen to twenty years. Okay. Um. Yeah, it happened like in the early nineties, and there was like the paradise. Did you ever watch that uh, documentary? Um, it was on HBO's. I think it was called Paradise Lost. It was about like these three metalheads that are blamed for child murders. No, I don't think so. Sounds intriguing. It's, uh, yeah, you dig it. I mean, it's like very depressing, but it's like, it's one of these, like it's, it was like a modern day witch hunt kind of thing. Like they looked the part of, they were just like 16, 17 year old kids that wore black and listened to Metallica. It's like the kids that work at Hot Topic. Yeah. 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 In the 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. And, they like clearly didn't murder these children, but they got blamed for it. Ugh. But like that was like a satanic panic again in the nineties. So yeah, right. So, so it does it's a fad. Every... It's a fad that turns up every now and then. Yeah, I do remember D. Snyder, you know, com- commenting. Yeah, there was that good documentary. Like was it was it, was it, was it had... to be um to be gore to yes. tipper, tipper gore tipper gore, gore. sorry i'm almost I'm t- yeah tippy t- uh, tippy hedron but yeah. <laughs> she's from the birds yeah. i'm thinking tipper gore um had a big problem with some of these music lyrics and wanted to put ratings on them and stuff which makes them cooler if and they're that was part of yeah it. if they're rated like you know like children don't listen then you're like okay now i'm gonna she must have just loved eminem <laughs> yeah she must yeah. have been a fan i don't know yeah i like eminem but uh yeah, some of his early stuff. I dislike, like, I dislike Eminem immensely. I'm going to get lots of hate for that, but I'm sorry, peeps. I grew into liking Eminem. It took me like a minute. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I didn't like his... Uh, I felt bad for his ex-wife. but Because yeah, uh, he rips on her a lot. Same. I do like... <laughs> I mean, some of the songs are entertaining. He did mature. The videos were entertaining. He did mature as he got older. Um, That's true. Yeah. I, I mean, so. you know, he's he's only fifty now, so I guess is you he? Know. Yeah, he's like forty nine. I weirdly just looked that up the other day. John's I, a super fan. John Stan. Uh, uh, John well, is Stan. Yeah. He's his biggest fan. This is Stan. Dear M. Oh my god. I wrote you last week. You didn't get back to okay. Uh, no, because uh, listeners, I I have trouble sleeping, so uh, I get on the Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and uh, I look up random shit. He's looking That's up information about you guys right now. Yes. Yes. Beware. So, yeah, you could be listening to this in the future. I'm 
looking you up right now on Instagram. He's right outside your window right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Another uh, cool character. Well, another interesting character that pops up, spoiler alert, in Dark Tower. Father Callahan. Yes. And thankfully, a positive representation of Irish people. I I appreciate this. He's a priest that uh, drinks all the time (laughs) and has lost his faith. So... (gasps) I can relate to him 100%. I was going to say, uh, it's very I'm surprised relatable. you're saying this because <laughs> he is kind of like piss poor, but he does try. He wants a challenge. He wants to, he, he's like uh, the fucking dude from X-Files. Like he wants to believe in God. He wants his faith challenge. No, he has faith, some he, faith. He has some faith. He, but he's he, sick of the humdrum every day. He doesn't want to just do the mess. He, he very much reminds me of the father from um, The Exorcist. Oh, uh, my God. Father Karras? Yes, probably. I've never seen that movie because I'm afraid of it. He, that, the, the main priest in that is very much in a similar thing of, like, he's struggling with his faith, and he's, like, kind of not into it anymore. That's the worst kind of person that should fight the freaking uh, demon. It's, what it's, the hell? It's the worst and best. I mean, they succeed in The Exorcist. Spoiler alert. Father Callahan yeah, what the falters heck? I've never later seen on. It. I've never seen it. You've um, ruined sorry, it. I'm sorry. You don't watch double movies. I'm never gonna watch. You're very that. yeah. This, don't get mad at me then. I'm never gonna watch it. Um, me. yeah, and Father Callahan's a very good example of what. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna always talk about it. the Dark Tower series. I always loved it because it kind of ties in. It gives shit. him an ending. He gets a very very heroic awesome ending in that book. I will not spoil he it here. He does, and actually but, um, is good. And that's why when we were talking about Carrie uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, fuck, I wish Carrie had a Dark ta- Tower heroic moment. Like, I wish there was redemption for her. Maybe he will write another uh, book to go in between the other books like he did before. I wish. That'd be, you never uh, know. You could do a... Um, you're going to inspire him right now. I know. <laughs> Uncle Stevie. I know you're listening, baby. <laughs> Uncle Stevie, baby. Okay. So... Uh, also, you know, in terms of other characters, we kind of covered the main ones. There's a guy, Jimmy, that's going to pop up. He's a doctor for... Jimmy uh, Cody. Jimmy Cody, yeah. He has two first names, so you can't trust them. Right, um, exactly. He's a little too believing, like, too quick. Yeah. I don't believe. And then he's like, <laughs> He's like, I oh, believe. yeah, I guess I, get, I guess I believe. All right. Um, and that's something I do... I guess we could dig into some more vampire shit before we get to that. So what's like the first vampiric act after the uh, the death of the doggy? It's um, well the Glick brothers, right? Yes, they're going to visit Mark. They just, I think he has some kind of toys or something that they want to see. I think it's like a monster club thing. Like the, it's yes. like a, I forget. It has something to do with some the universe. I'm yeah. not thinking Legos, something else, but like. It might be models that he's like yes, painting or something. Yes. And they're like, we want to go. 100%. If I was a kid in the 70s, I'd be this fucking nerd painting you these goddamn. You would be these kids. Yes, I would. You might be the kids going to see the cool toy. Yeah, I'd be the kid that's going to get murdered by the vampire. Actually, yep. the scene is really great in the book because. Very good. Yes. This is something do, that's. Not quite captured in the movie, to my recollection. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember this part in the movie. Again, I have to see it. But when they're walking over there, the old there's two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother, and the older brother is kind of teasing the younger brother, like, "Hey, did, yeah, was he teasing about a ghost or something?" Yeah, it's and it's it's that again that thing that we can all relate to. It's a creepy like we used to go into what we call the crick or whatever, like this wooded yes. area. 
oh, the ghost that haunts this area or whatever. It's right. Like, oh, somebody got stolen from here a couple of years ago. This yes. could happen to you. Someone could snatch you. I'm mixing up their ages and names. So it's Danny and Ralphie Glick, I want to say. Yes. I forget. I'm going to mix up there. You're right. I think I the, forget which one's the older the younger, one. The, the younger one is Ralphie. Okay. Okay. And they hear, you just hear the twigs making, you know, snapping and just the way that he, Stephen King words it, you do feel like this ominous presence is around and something, somebody's following them. We've always had that feeling too of like, someone's watching me right now. Exactly. Or like some, we were having fun a second ago. But now it's getting a little Danny's real. Like, Danny's yeah. like, um, oh my gosh, I think this is what I'm saying is actually true. <laughs> and he panics. Mm-hmm. You, does it fade out? So they, I, I think they like, it kind of, they, they start running. And then I think it's like a, a subchapter ending. And it's the older brother realizes like as he has run away, his younger brother is gone, essentially. Um, Not cool. Not cool, not cool. I, I think the, and actually, I could be recalling this totally incorrectly. The the older brother, as well, might even go missing, and for like, a little while, for a little while, or something, yeah. for like a day or so. And the parents th- find him, but he's all they have to take him to the hospital. He's and shit. sick. They don't. They yeah. can't really quite figure out what's wrong. But the younger brother's gone. Like he's done. He's out. just missing, and they sent out search parties. They can't find anything. They ask the, uh, they're, they're like, hey, Marky PGs. boy, did you, did the Glicks ever show up? He's like, no, bro, I had my monster shit all ready to they show them. They never showed up. So. So that, it's sad because anytime a little kid goes missing, you're thinking. Not they're good. They're gone, yeah. Not good. They're gone for this long. They came and survived by themselves wherever they are, so. And the way that they kind of portray what becomes like the, the vampire episodes, the people that start getting attacked they think it's like a fucked up dream that they're having like right. i think um the older glick brother when he's in the hospital i think the younger glick brother starts to feed on him if i'm i thought the they just sacrificed the younger glick oh did they i don't know I, okay. I feel like they at some point i read they sacrificed him to the father whatever what the heck that means they don't really i, I don't really remember an outcome for that kid I could be totally. I bull- could be mixing it up too. I could it's be totally bullshitting. I think Strake. I think the thing Straker sacrifices him to Barlow. I, that's what I think. And Bar, but Barlow. I think he he does turn. Does he turn him into a vampire? And, the little I, and then I think the little Glick bites older Glick. Oh yeah, that I makes think sense. that's what happens. That um, makes sense. And then little Glick. Sorry, listeners. It has been about a month since I read it. But I, did I mean, it is a thick book, and there I are so many details. Mm-hmm. What you have to know is that Danny Glick, the older brother, becomes a vamp. Yes. And he's hungry. He's a, he's a hungry little bastard. And then he starts the whole chain. It's really yeah, and I kind of like how it's just like yeah, you know, it, it's 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 not like Barlow going up to people like going up to a mass of people or several people all at once. It's two little boys that kind of spread this fucking infection. And like you don't really hear from Barlow till so far into the book. Like you don't actually see him, mm-hmm. you see his his familiar. That's what they call it. Yep. His familiar, Richard Straker. Straker. Yep. And he's also so. I mean, he knows how to like charm people, but also they ha- with they- women. But with men, he's kind of like, I want this done. That mm-hmm. um, I think the way that he dealt with the the realtor was just kind of like he had. I guess Straker has to build relationships with certain people to get certain things done and to get. To get Barlow into his house, 
Oh, they had to make a deal with the uh, I forget the guy's name. Larry the, Crockett. Yeah, Crockett, who is he's a politician that also owns land. Uh, he's just essentially, a, yeah. He's just like a crooked guy. Yeah. So you know, if you ask him for a favor, he'll get it done. And he he did want to know if whatever they're doing in that house is illegal. And he's like, you know, he made a deal with the devil, kind of, because he's agreeing to help Straker do certain things without asking questions, really. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things was that's how Barlow got in. Wherever he was shipped from, it, I think that he had movers move him into the basement. Mm-hmm. That was a creepy scene, that's too. That's a good scene, too, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of good small-town shit, like, and that's a good little... That almost feels like an isolated like TV episode of like these two fucking guys that are just like, I really don't feel like working right now. Like I want to crush some beers, but we have to do this one last job where they deliver a box to the old Marston house. And they don't feel right about it. They don't feel right about it. They don't want to admit it, but they're fucking scared. And they they take the box and they put it into the basement, but they they feel like a weird presence. Exactly. They were supposed and the to weird smells and weird smells. They were supposed to do something in the basement. They, like, turn the lights off or something, and they forgot to do it, and they're like, I'm not fucking going back to Oh, the basement. worst was when they, like, drew straws. I don't know if they flipped the coin, but one of them had to go back down. Yeah, and they're I like, I hate I that. I've had that uh, at, <laughs> at our old mutual house. Our basement was kind of creepy at night, and I remember just, like, I'd fucking leave something down there I after that. I came up, and I would do this, like, you know, a bunch of kids do it. They, they go down there slowly. And once they get their thing, they run back up as fast as they fucking can. No, like, to be honest, though, there was only a light switch at the in the basement. Yes. So you would have to run up the steps. Uh-huh. How creepy is that? Very creepy. It's a true seller. Uh, also, we get we get other, like, colors of the small town. There's, like, and, and these are tertiary characters. I cannot remember their names. But there is the, the, the wife that's cheating on her husband with like this young, oh, youngest young electrician guy or something like that. He's and very young. Yes. He's like, so this, you get the, he's like 20 and she's like 40 or something like that. Right. And, uh, just like shit like that. It's, it's more of what, Oh, and the, and the, um, there's a young couple, like they might be Ooh, like 18, yeah. 19. And one of them has, a, they were married by father Callahan. Yeah, um, and he's an abusive asshole, and she beats her baby. She's also a bad mother, so it's uh, bad. And we're getting more of so Sam's Lot. It seems like this idyllic town. I'm saying that word incorrectly, but it's you know a it lot might of be surface level. A lot of shit going on under, like a lot of bad stuff going under the surface. Like, exactly. So maybe know. there was an element of evil there. Exactly. But they're acting like it's you know. It's it looks like this beautiful place to grow up and shit, but it's like you know, Pleasantville, but it's yeah. Like, but there's racism. I love how in, I love how in Pleasantville they were like, "Well, we made a movie about racism, but just only had white people on it. <laughs> we can get away with it, and they did. We can do it. It's a pretty good movie." But uh, yeah, so yeah, just more. I, I kind of like how that's another like the the cursed small town or the cursed larger town. That we're we're going to see that again in Castle Rock. Going to see that in Derry. Hello, Pennywise baby. How's it going? <laughs> but Sounds a lot the fir- the first cursed town, unless you count Carrie's town. Yeah, they say it kind of becomes cursed after that. I guess. Yeah. I forget the name of the town. God, we did it last time, and I, I know already... it's okay. I want to know now. Chamberlain. Chamberlain. 
gosh, that felt like a long time it ago. Really, that was probably only a month ago. Too, I know. Yeah. But yeah, Chamberlain Mean, and this is Salem's Lot, and also Cursed. So I, I guess one of the um, scenes that kind of moves things forward a lot is when the teacher... Oh, he meets someone in the bar, and is that... Um, Going through my notes, if you can't tell, guys. Is that Mike? Mike Ryerson, yes. Okay. So the teacher, Matt Burke, is kind of hanging out at, hanging out at Dell's, and he sees Mike Ryerson. And he's feeling a little bit under the weather. This is his former student. Former student. The dude's probably, you know, 23 to 25. He, oh, oh fuck. Wait, we missed the Good whole scene. thing. Good Why scene. is he sick? Why is he sick? Okay, first Why real quick, G. I'm sorry I have to pee. I'm going to pause this real quick. I'll be okay. right back. I'm sorry. Thank you, listeners. All right, sorry. Really co- killed the <laughs> momentum there. But, uh, yep, yeah, I'm good now. So, big scene. We almost skipped entirely over this. What's wrong with us? So, Mike Ryerson, he is a uh, grave digger. What a job. Well, I almost said Dave Greger by accident. <laughs> but he's, uh, he I kind of like that, though. He digs graves. Um, and also, it's something that I, I, should, I guess I should point out. So, the younger Glick is never found. He's assumed dead, but they never find him. Exactly. In a shitty twist of fate or whatever, the older Glick dies of what they think is like, it's a fucking weird blood disease. I don't know. It's just like they we, we can't, we can't quite him. figure out what's wrong. He's, he seems to be healthy. Something's fucked up with his blood, though. Like, physically, he seems fine. He shouldn't be dying, but he fucking died. So. Obviously, his parents are distraught. They plan this funeral. Boo-hoo, both my kids died. Uh, his father I guess that was a little mean to me. has a scene, obviously, yeah. totally understandable. Um, the grave digger is waiting. Because of this big scene, the grave digger is waiting a really long time to yes. dig this grave. And it is, and I guess his associate just goes missing. Because he's supposed to have someone helping him, and he goes missing. Yeah, but it's just him. It starts to happen a lot in, in the lot. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, people just... Uh, Go missing. They start going missing. And that's what happened, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, he's waiting to dig this grave. All these people finally leave, and then he starts doing it. But something, he he basically goes into tra- like a trance. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, I know this kid's eyes are awake, and I want to <clears> shut them. His eyes are awake in there, in that box. Yes. I have to look in them. I don't know why. And he looks at his clock, or whatever he's looking at, or even... Was he looking at a clock or just the sun? I, th- I, th- I think it's like the sun. Like the sun like, is oh, like dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha- I don't have a lot of time. I need to get out of here before dark. I'm creeped out. I know this is weird that, the, that I keep blanking out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. So he does eventually he does open eventually. the casket. Yep. As we all do. As it's totally as, normal. Yeah, normal thing to do is open up a child's uh, d- a child's corpse's casket. Child's and corpse's the eyes casket. were open. Those there's, there's pearly blue eyes. I don't even know if they're blue, but they're spooky eyes. They're spooky, and he was not embalmed. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember how I know that, but he's not embalmed. He looks into these eyes, this grave digger, and he's mesmerized. And I think it cuts out. Yep, Stephen King is very good at the the cutting right before the action happens. Sometimes it's better if we don't quite know what happens. We get a good idea, but we're left yes. on the edge of our seats. Because you do feel that impending doom. It's yes. like he can't tear himself away. 
yeah, from he, his it, thoughts or the physical location of where he is. You feel the dread the whole time. Like the figures, like I should, I should get out of here. I know I should, but something's like compelling me. Exactly. That's a great word. Yeah. Compel. Is it, is it like the Vampire Diaries where they can like stare at you and they make you do things? I mean, I've never seen the Vampire Diaries, but that's like a tr- that's like kind of it's like a trans kind of thing. Yeah, it's an old timey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in your mind, like what to do? Yes, I love the. Va- I admit, I mm-hmm. do love the Vampire Diaries, and that could be true. I. I, I Within yes. the past few months, I picked up a copy of Dracula. I will fucking read it because I, I need to read this goddamn book. That I I've do think just... she's right, though, because later mm-hmm. in the book, uh, Mark gets compe- – like, he's compelled. He's controlled during this one last scene. Yeah. Well, one of the last scenes, not the last scene. The vampires are a pretty fascinating creature because they're, they're, like, strong as fuck, right? But they also have these weird mind powers of, like, they could just overpower you, but the more fun thing for them to do is, like – Put you in a trance and then screw with you a little bit. Yeah, fuck up your life that way. Right. So, uh, old Mikey Ryerson's in the bar looking a little worse for wear. He can't, um, he has a cold one, but he can't, like, he took a sip and it's just not. He's not hungry. He's not, not thirsty. Yeah. He just, is scared. He doesn't know why. And doesn't he say that he sees something at night? Yeah, which I like a lot too. He's like, I, I think he's, haunt- I think the idea is. Glick still feeds on he feeds on him like several nights in a row. It's not just one night. It's just like you know, it's, it's like the Pizza Hut buffet. You go back for seconds and thirds. You know that was a good buffet. It was a good buffet. Let's admit it. R.I.P. Uh, Clifton Heights Pizza Hut. Although we Love got another one. I miss so. you. Yeah, great times. Uh, so yeah, the teacher Matt. He's like, hey buddy, what's going on? Are you okay? Yeah, are you okay? You look like crap. You should come back to, which is a little weird. You know, it's to- totally creepy that he invites him to stay at his house. I don't know if I don't I'm like reading it. too much. Is is do we know if Matt's gay or not? Um, they don't. He disclose might be. That. Yeah, it's but it's he's not not gay. I don't know. I think it's, he's just concerned. Yeah, to I be guess. Honest. And so, he feels bad leaving this guy. So he because he can see his fear. So he says, can you "Come to my house. Make sure you're okay. You can stay in my guest room. It'll be fine." Mm-hmm. And that's where the fun starts. Yes. So, um, I'm not quite sure of the circumstances. I, I think, you know, in the middle of the night, uh, Matt hears a noise and he approaches the bedroom and he's like too scared to enter, but he can hear sucking noises or some kind of struggle. How creepy. Yes. Yeah. I hate the, how creepy this is. <clears throat> and it's a kind of a shameful moment for Matt because he, Feels like a coward in that moment. He hears a kid's voice. That okay? Yeah, he might. And then some weird other noises. There that... was definitely someone in the room, mm-hmm. and he was thinking, "How did this happen? How did someone get up here?" There's no. He finds out after there's no ladder. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Mike Ryerson, he finds his body eventually. He's dead. Um, so what does Mike do? He calls up his newfound buddy, uh, Ben Mears, and he's like, bro, can you uh, come over here and hang out for a little bit? I have, bring I have something a cross. To, I have something to tell you. Yeah, bring a cross. Um, yeah, Mike, Mike, or Matt, sorry. Matt jumps to vampires fairly quickly. He did do his research on a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why he jumps to, I mean. He's an English teacher. He uh, reads a yeah, lot of He reads things. a lot of shit. <laughs> but and it's cool he trusts ben 
enough because they've had these talks about the Marston house and possibly supernatural things uh, because he knows Ben. He also does does stress. He's like, I seem like a rational person, right? Ben Mears, right? We think I'm rational. I'm going to throw something out of here that sounds fucking crazy. And Ben tries to talk him out of it. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. My blonde hair doesn't believe you. I'm picturing his blonde hair from the miniseries, but... He's got great blonde hair. Great blonde hair. But yeah, he doesn't... He's trying to rationalize what happened. And they end up calling the cops in. Did they come up with a story at that point? They, they, So essentially, yeah, they do come up with a story. Like, why didn't you call right away? They'll be able to tell that the body's been... Because I think it's a whole day. I think that's it. They're trying to figure something, out something what fucking to do. weird. Like it, yeah. it, it, there's it's it's been the body's been dead for a good bit before they call the cops. Or it was the middle of the night. I know when he called Ben to call Matt, and he ben. might have waited like a whole day. Or Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt to call to call Ben or something. Right. Um. So they tell the cops like, "Hey, that cop, the main cop, is his. You know, he's a dweeble. He's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I guess he can smell something's not right, but... Because it is weird. He's suspicious of Ben Mears, because ever since Ben Mears showed up, it seems like Ben Mears and these other two people, Barlow and uh, Straker, even though he's never met Barlow, really, he's suspicious of everybody, because he's a townie, and he's familiar with everybody that lives there, and he's suspicious, because all of a sudden, you know, there's been a death of a child... A dog that's gotten mangled, and another child that's missing. Yes. And this guy shows up, and you know there might also be like even yeah like other people like fringe people missing at this exactly. point. Exactly. Seems a little too convenient. Also, he's moved in on the Susan Norton lady. Yeah, Susan Norton. We haven't talked a lot about her. There's not a ton to talk about. I guess like she just likes b- Ben. <laughs> her her story purposes. I like Ben, and she also I likes. I like Ben. She, she she is a girl in a small town that wants to get out. She wants to go to the city. Her mother's very old fashioned and has like betrothed her to some fucking guy that we know a little bit. He's like a towny guy that's. Because they've off gone her. together for a couple years. Yeah. Um, she's just using him, basically. Well, she's not using him. Uh, I don't know. She's just biding her time. She's to like, get out of the town. Yeah, and. Ben went over for dinner to her house a few times. The dad seems to like him fine. The mom is like a little distrustful of The mom's of like, something's wrong with this guy. I don't like him. I don't like him or his books. <laughs> Famous author? I don't think so. What are you doing with my daughter? I, I, I guess Susan picks up. She gets some shit to do in a little bit. She, she Yeah, she does. She does. But I dislike Susan. Yeah? Why, why do you dislike Susan? Because she's a dimwit. <laughs> She I does. just, I fully, uh, we'll go into it later, mm-hmm. but really, what the hell, it's all needed for the plot, I guess, but what the hell? I was going to say, he, I, I was going to say maybe King wasn't as good at writing women yet, but. I think Ka- she's just Ka- a dimwit. Ka- Karu is a pretty cool character, like an interesting character that's, that felt realistic and shit. I guess um, if you, some people might look at her as being, you know. She's she's taking the bull by the horns and she's trying to face a problem, but like she was not prepared. She's no. just not prepared. So so basically, what happens is they go back. They all go back to that. Um, I mean, Ben and Matt are at the house, and 
Susan come over? This is where it gets murky. So should we do? Should we should we jump to our boy, Petrie, Mark Petrie? We have not talked about him in a while. Yes. So about the, that the, moment. The, the famous scene. Yes, I from, love that scene from the book and the and the flick. So. It, it, he seemed to be dealing with the loss of his friends like, ah, oh, this kind of sucks, but, uh, you know. He wasn't super close. Yeah, he actually he wasn't still... super, but he was just like, ah, oh, it's weird, but, but um, you know, it Didn't is what it is. Didn't think much of it. Um, but he's getting a sense of things in town aren't kind of. Something's wrong. Something feels weird. and He's also an only child, so I think he's a little bit, you know, he's like an old soul. Yeah. That's it. He's kind of very practical and shit. And, you know, one time he's trying to get, he's trying to get some sleepy sleeps, trying to catch some Zs. Um, he, he hears some, like, someone at his window, which is almost impossible because he's, you know, in a large house and someone would have to be on a fucking ladder or something. Exactly. But he looks and he sees it's... Uh, Danny. Danny, damn it. Danny Glick, like, floating. <laughs> totally normal. Yeah. Uh, and it is terrifying, like to think about. If you think about, mm-hmm. they could really rule the world. Yes. If they can float and compel you, what? What's your like defense? Like nothing. A plastic cross, baby. But it's a, it, <laughs> and right right away, P, he Petrie feels like the the thing is he knows about vampires, so he's like fuck. I, I have to avoid his gaze. I can't like get, I can't look at his eyes, but he's still drawn to him. I think he goes to the window and he almost opens it and he looks away at the last second and he sees like his fucking dioramas or whatever. He sees a plastic cross mm-hmm. and he grabs it and like a last ditch effort and he just like holds it up to the window and the kid's like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> and, and he fucks off. But it's, um, uh, I'm not doing a great job of describing it. Glows it glows blue or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely happens with Father Callahan later on. Yeah. Um, but Danny's like, "Holy fuck, fucking vampires! Just shit." Because I'm, I'm on yeah. high alert now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dang. Yeah, uh, a good example of someone that's, and I guess that's part of it where some of the adults struggle, like Susan, because she doesn't believe in this shit. Right. Mark is young enough to be like, I, I fucking believe it. I just saw it too, so I guess that helps me. Like, I'm, I'm not going to convince myself that was a dream or whatever. This is very tangible to me. So that's, um, yeah, very good scene. Like it. Something happens to Ben where he ends up in the hospital. And oh, he gets oh, fucked yeah, yeah, up yeah, yeah. by. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Susan's ex boyfriend. Which is another subplot, which. I mean, Susan's could kind be, of messed up because. Yeah, that. that just like. Just like that boyfriend subplot that could be removed and also uh, Ben's wife that died could be removed, yeah. I think. I don't think they really add much to the story, pretty much. Although it takes Ben out of commission for a minute. But does it really do anything? No, it doesn't it doesn't really serve any good purpose, I don't think. So yeah, what happens fucking Susan Norton's boyfriend who I can't remember his name. Her ex boyfriend I don't remember up. his name either, but he shows up after Ben's had this freaking stressful day at uh Matt, uh, yeah, Matt's house. He was at Matt's house dealing with uh, the death of Mike Ryerson and the weird circumstances of that death. He goes back to the boarding house. He he basically passes out because he's exhausted. Mm-hmm. He wakes up and he's waiting for him, right? Yep. 
this guy, basically, it is Susan's, I mean, betrothed guy, kind of. They were dating for several years. Off and on. And she did not It was always kind of understood that they get married someday. She did not break it off with him, per se. She kind of just, like, mm-hmm. ghosted him. And he's pissed. He shows up at Ben Mears' boarding house. And he they, they fight. <clears throat> and it's strange because he's dressed... I think he's wearing some kind of strange outfit. He's covered from the light. He's not acting normal. I mean, it's already bizarre, but he's not acting normal. He throws was he some... bit? Was he bit already? Is that yeah. the implication? Okay. Because he ends up going to jail. Yeah. Then he dies. And I then think. in jail, he basically dies. Yeah. They go to check on him. They feed him breakfast and lunch, and he's just like not responding. And they realize he's dead. Mm-hmm. And Susan puts all this together. I guess that kind of explains how he like just so much overpowered. Ben. Right. He had superhuman power because yeah. he's not fully human. Yep. So, yeah, quick kind of meaningless scene, but whatever. Um, it does put Ben in the hospital. Does, and then, yep. So Susan goes over to Matt's house, right? Why? Yeah, because uh, I think Matt is like, I think he's trying to convince people and was he scared? Did, she, I, I, did Ben tell her to go over there? I can't ben, remember. Ben might have told her to go over there. I, we're mixing up the shit, but whatever. And Susan the whole time is like... She's skeptical. I don't... I think you guys are fucking crazy. I th- there's more logical explanations for whatever is happening right now. They're talking at length. Yes. And uh, suddenly they hear something upstairs. Which is super creepy. Yes. And... Um, Matt's like, hey, just continue to talk like I'm down here. I'm going to check this shit out. And it's another good, this is a pretty iconic scene. Very suspenseful. Yeah. Um, so Matt enters his room to see Mike Ryerson, like, just there. He came back from the funeral home. Came back from the funeral uh, This guy was supposed to be dead. Uh, his eyes are not human anymore. He's like, he, hey, buddy. He rescinded his invitation, right? Yeah, and it's... And that's the classic rule, right, of, like, you invite the evil in. You invite the vampire in, and it could just fuck up your life. Uh, Matt rescinds the invitation. Uh, Mike Ryerson fucks off. But the terror of the whole situation gives... Uh, I keep on having to look. Matt, Matt a heart attack. <laughs> Matt gives him a heart Matt. attack. Yeah. Yes. And then we find Susan. He's trying to tell Susan, like, vampire <laughs> yeah vampire calls him on they're fucking real and then she calls what does he what does he call the doctor it's on his fridge he calls the doctor like a quack or something <laughs> i forget what he's funny but yeah uh he classic calls the doctor. classic uh older generation <laughs> these fucking doctors are all quacks they're trying like, to Mandy's say he's gonna kill me I they're trying to say i shouldn't called. eat butter sandwiches fuck them i don't know if anyone's ever eaten a butter sandwich but 100 percent maybe, maybe. 100% people have eaten butter sandwiches. So, yeah, yeah we're introduced to a, a semi, I guess semi-major character, sort of, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy the Doctor. Jimmy. Jimmy Cody. Yeah, Jimmy Cody. I guess he kind of just escal- expedites he just, the... He just sort of, like, he questions everything for a minute. They, so, I, this is where I'm getting murky. They get him to the hospital. They, they they get Matt to the hospital. He's basically just in a hospital bed from that point forward. The, but he is the vampire expert. He's the guy in the chair, like the the side expert guy. Yeah, and he's basically like, okay, everyone, 
He's like the Van Helsing character. Yeah, he's a sedentary Van Helsing because <laughs> he can't do it. Van, he, he can't, can't really do, do anything. anything. He can only direct. Yeah. That's what he'll do. Mm-hmm. So this is where it gets murky for me. I think that they go try to talk to, uh, is it Marjorie Glick? Yeah, and, and we we get uh, there's there's a lot of like side town stuff. Like uh, there's more citizens getting fucking bit and shit. You could just see that. Yeah, there there's like, a lot of things going on. The, this, it's spreading basically. One of the more famous scenes: the the guy, the younger dude that's fucking the wife, the 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 guy in his twenties that's like having an affair. Yes. So there's a famous scene of the the husband comes home, puts a shotgun to the dude's face. Because he found out that uh, this guy was fucking his wife. Shotgun was empty. Uh, the young guy shits his pants and runs out. And he runs into fucking Barlow, I think. Or one of the vampires. I think he runs into Barlow. Uh, but we only get... There's a few scenes of Barlow. It's that one where it's like, Hey, buddy, come hang out with me. I'm just going to give you a little... It's like, you don't need to leave town. Yeah. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm starting this thing. I'm starting this movement. Be a part of my club. Be a part of my flash mob or whatever the fuck You'll we're going to do. You'll never have to run away again. Yeah. Uh, also, Barlow appears to the uh, weirdo guy at the junkyard. Oh, that's creepy. That's like, I think that's our first good look at Barlow. And he's just, it is funny. I saw some reviews. It's like, I don't know why they, he, this is Dracula. He's like this like handsome but otherworldly looking guy that hypnotizes people and you're just like drawn to him. Yo, that is not the version in the miniseries. No, so yeah, <laughs> the Nosferatu. Version, version of the miniseries is essentially Nosferatu. I don't, I like that. I, I like that. I think it's more interesting if uh, the vampire has some agency himself. Like in the miniseries, he's just like a, a almost a thoughtless monster. I mean, this guy's that cunning. That sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. So you this know? guy can think for himself. He's debonair. He requires a uh, familiar just to, like, fucking do paperwork and shit for During him. During the day, right? Yeah, exactly. But this guy, he's very much about, like, yeah, I'll go out and, and uh, bite some necks and uh, turn, bite some some necks. <laughs> turn some people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a few just brief glimpses of Barlow. Marjorie Glick, she's having her fucking nightmares of her son showing up, giving some bitey bites to her. Um Things are bad between her and her husband. Surprise, surprise. Uh, her husband. I, I, I. So she dies, and her fucking husband die. I think almost at the same time, or close yeah. to the same time, and they take her to the morgue. Now, while this is happening, <laughs> juggling multiple storylines, um, Mark Petrie and Susan. They yes, might be on yes. the same trail where they're like. Unfortunately, Mark is feeling, you know, he's feeling ambitious now. He knows what this, what's going on with this town. He notices people going left and right, and he how, knows what happened to him. How they know specifically that Straker is involved, I cannot recall how, but they they piece it back to Straker, this guy that just showed up that shows that is a, lives in this fucking evil house. Um. It's just too too much of a coincidence that yeah. he shows up, and they know it's not Ben. Exactly. Because they're spending time with Ben. And so it's I, just I, too much of a coincidence. Susan takes it upon herself. She Ugh, Susan. She gets a um, on her way to the Marston house, which they find out it's like the epicenter of this evil. She gets 
a part of a fence, I think, like why to act she, as a stake. Why didn't she wait though? Like, why is she going by herself? She wasn't supposed to. Like Ben was like, "Hey, girl, please don't go." Or and you her know, parents don't... are like, "Dinner's at six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right back." Yeah, never say I'll be right back. She's baby. not even. She's not even prepared. You're right. Never say I'll be right. She back. still doesn't quite believe. Like she, I, maybe she thinks Straker is like a bad guy, but she's not buying into vampires. Big mistake. And Danny Glick, our boy, is so. Right. I think Danny actually even took time to create some steaks and shit, like to <laughs> manufacture you them. You mean and... you mean Mark? Damn it! Sorry. Yeah, Mark. 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 <laughs> Petri, I apologize. Apologies. Um. So yeah, they and it's one of those things where a subchapter ends with like a hand grabbing Susan, and it's like, oh, it's Mark Petrie. Right. Or it could be, it could be the other way around, but it, it's a it's a good little fake out. I think it could be Barlow or Straker, but it's. They kind of team up momentarily to break into this spooky house. There, I guess Mark was spying spying on the house for hours, and then he sees her coming, mm-hmm. and then sees that basically she's on the same side as him, trying to figure out what's going on, and trying to, you know, she had a makeshift cross. She was also wearing her "I uh, believe in vampire" shirt, or like, yeah, you should, I just like how he's like, she's on my side somehow. I don't know right, how, but right. she is. Um. So yeah, uh, what, what do we think about the inside of the uh, Marston house? I can smell it, but <laughs> yeah. it smells stinky. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much now, and this is what happens when you watch too many movies and shit. I'm now picturing the house from It. Um, True. The house on Eyeball Street. I'm pretty much just picturing that. Maybe a little less decrepit, but in the in the ballpark. It's the house from. Um, it's the house from uh, Home Alone. Just like all fucked up, York, yeah. Just like a know, shot, like, just like a shot. Just, yeah. Oh, the New York. I don't know yeah. why I think that. Yeah. Yeah. That. Whatever. The Monster House. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, the house from. Uh, all the above. What's the uh, Monster Squad? That one house. Oh, baby. Where the Dracula is. Where the, and Drac- the amulet is. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the amulet, you bitch. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they, you know, they're doing their investigating. No. Surprise, surprise. Susan gets caught. They both get Ugh, caught. So annoying. Mark uh, gets tied up, and Straker's like, hey, boy, tied you up, so uh, I'm going to feed you to my uh, my friend. But uh, you hang in tight, and uh, I'll, follow, I'll follow up with you later. It's great that Mark paid attention to some magic tricks because he realizes how to make when, – when he's getting tied up, he realizes how to yeah. – Give himself a little extra slack. Houdini. I think it's like a Houdini book that he read, thankfully, one time. That paid off. But meanwhile, Susan, she's not doing too good. No. It kind of, yeah, I I think she goes down there and it's, I don't know if it cuts to black exactly, but we we get, it might be the inversion of where she feels the hand on her shoulder again or something, and this time it's not. Oh, you hear his voice. I know yeah, that. Yeah, okay, that's what I forget means. what he, and he's, and, and um, Barlow, so at the same time this is happening, this is, it's so suspenseful upstairs. Mm-hmm. So, like, before Susan, the sun is still up. Mark is left upstairs. Is that running up. clock thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's a running clock. You feel the suspense. You're stressed out. Mark is trying, he's left alone in the room after he's tied up by Straker and he gave himself a little bit of strack, um, slack uh, because of the way he held his arms mm-hmm. and when he was being tied up and so he somehow shimmies 
out of there, but he realizes that the windows are now like nailed shut or something. Mm-hmm. And so he has to think of another way out of there. What does he do? Stand behind the door or something? Yeah. So I kind of like this. He, he, so even if he, if he somehow escaped out that front window and like fucked up his leg or whatever, cool escape. But now the fact that he has to like kind of become the danger, as I like to say, mm-hmm. waiting for Striker to come back. I think that's pretty sweet. So it's, it's a thing of like, it's like, I got one fucking shot. I, ha- I have to like get this dude by surprise. Kind of feels more again like uh, our boy Jake from Dark Tower, where he yes. becomes a violent little fucker. Um, but he's in a violent world, so he has to adapt or whatever. Oh my gosh, and he Straker when Straker comes back and he's it's near sunset, and he's like he says something about like I've come to get you, young master. So <laughs> creepy. <laughs> and uh, does oh fuck is, is it with the top of the toilet or something? He's just like oh something hard, some are hard object. He nails him he on says, the head yeah he says meet porcelain motherfucker doesn't <laughs> say that but just like bam just knocks it doesn't knock him out straight striker still takes a while yeah and yeah he has to like constantly attack him he gets he gets away though and he can't stop for like susan it's like sorry bro it's like, sorry well he does go down he, he he starts to go down there doesn't and then he, he hears like the, the when it gets dark and then he so he calls to susan and she says something that, like she's with it for a second, and she says something, and then all of a sudden you hear Barlow. Like, she's already like gone. It's too late because there's no way he's gonna make it down yeah. in time. So yeah. she, he knows basically Barlow screwed up because Barlow could have tricked him into going down there. Yeah. So yeah. that's Barlow's loss. But yeah, he says something, and you know Susan's gone. Susan's lunch dinner. <laughs> um, so she turns. And yeah, Mark I'm trying. Runs. What, what do we think about? So you were kind of anti-Susan because uh, dumb thing that she did. I'm just mad she wasn't prepared and she yeah, didn't I, wait for the people who are experts to help her. Yeah, Why would she go by herself because even she didn't know Mark was going to be there. No, what it's, it's like kind of like there? happenstance that mm-hmm. uh, that they like met or whatever. Exactly. Are you are you a fan of Susan? I I, I she's bold. I I like I, I guess I like that she's bold. I'm annoyed that. I guess maybe I shouldn't blame her for this, that she doesn't believe right away or like she pretty much never believes up until fucking Barlow bites her goddamn neck or, right. you know, so I, I wonder if King wrote this book later, I bet he'd have her live and be part of the group. I don't know. I get that feel. I, I, I think this is, um, it's an early book. He's still he's still figuring out how to write women and shit. He did yeah, write it Carrie. Does, it does suck that she got and th- there's like you know a couple women, but like she's the only main woman and she gets it. And also, quick. also like we talk, like he doesn't have. So we're getting the color of the town with like these weird, quirky side characters or whatever. But Ben Mears is kind of vanilla. He's not like what is he? He is a I'm a writer boy. That's kind of good at his job. My wife died. Oh no. But younger girl, like, I, we're not getting, like... There's no character development. Yeah, there's not a yeah. ton of character. Like, he's kind of, he is what he is, pretty much, from Jump Street. I'm in more intrigued with, like... Um, Peter, like, Mark, I'm yeah, much more and, interested and in. The, and the vampire, you know, Barlow, and even Straker. Like, I I think Straker's an interesting character. I, I also, the, the teacher, I, I'm doing a bad job. Oh, Matt. Here. I'm... I find him more interesting too because you're like, okay, what's this guy's deal? Like he's just he like, just knows a lot. Like he, he's he knows an encyclopedia a lot. about this kind of thing. 
he's he's knowledgeable about the Marston house and but he's he's connected in the town. He quickly is like dude, there might be fucking vampires. I don't know. This is like some weird shit. This happens and, pretty quick. Yeah. Me. Yeah. This jump. Uh in a series that I grew to not like, um, I guess this is it was a spin-off series. It was Fear the Walking Dead. Something that um they've ran those commercials forever and ever. Uh, in one of the promo commercials, one of the characters says, like, this is going to happen real fast, like the spread. And we're kind of getting that in vampire form in this book, where it's like, it probably only takes place over, you know, a month like, or something, maybe even yeah. less. Yeah. I thought it was less than that. Yeah, it could, you, it could even be less. It, if, they can, if they can float up to your bedroom and they can compel you, I mean, what's <laughs> stopping them? And everybody, each person they infect is, well, I guess because it takes a couple days. Yeah, so they do the, it's not the bite and then you're automatically turned. It's like... A couple days of feeling like Which, crap. that, I don't, and that's why I want to read Dracula. That might be from the original Dracula book where it's like, you have to get bit once or, you know, two, two or three times. And Oh, once, that's true. Once you get bit once, you're kind of like... You're part of... You're part of it, but it, you're they, compelled. they'll feed on you a few more times and then Because I'm thinking of Bram Stoker's Dracula and that, I think that's what... Okay, happens is that the, the the Gary Oldman one? Yeah, isn't that the thing that happens with Lucy? Is like she gets bit and then she has to keep, she keeps meeting him. Yeah, yeah. I think I forget the um I forget the specific Dracula movie that Bloodhound liked, but uh, I like the Bruce, one or um the Hammer ones. Yeah, I, I like the one where uh, Van Helsing actually gets bit, and then he has to like with Peter Cushing. Yes, and he has to um. Like, he heals himself, but it hurts like a motherfucker with holy oh, water. Oh, yes, I remember that. Like, that's pretty sweet. I like that. Sorry. That's a good one. All right, so. The Horror of Dracula? The Brides of Dracula? It's one of, the yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's a lot of those. Yeah, so they, you know. She gets, she turns into a vampire Meanwhile, Mark escapes, and he goes to. T- he finds. I don't. Has he met Ben yet? He hasn't met. He's he, never met Ben before. He. Uh, the nature of their meeting is weird. Um, <laughs> so uh, eventually, eventually Ben meets up with Matt in his room, and they're like, "Okay, gotta start hunting vampires." Where's Susan at? I don't know. I gotta track her down. He's having trouble tracking her down. And oh wait, and the and, and the and the um, Mrs. Glick, Mrs. Glick, yes. Um, they so they they hear about Mrs. Glick, she died suddenly and weirdly. Uh, Matt, English teacher, right? Yes. Okay, sorry, gonna keep on doing that. Matt, I, I think Matt points them there. Like, she's probably a fucking vampire. They're trying to convince Jimmy Cody of this. They're like, something to do, is To do this. an autopsy. Yeah, autopsy. Yeah. Correct. Can you okay. exhume her body to do an autopsy? Because we think that it's just too weird that she died. The her two sons died. died. The same yeah. kind of thing. The same, yeah. whatever. I can't remember the blood problem or whatever, but it's not normal. Even they don't know. They're like, it's a, th- a blood it's like thing. It's an anomaly. Like, like, yeah, it's a weird. Understand. Yeah. And so her body gets shipped, o- shipped off to a funeral home a little ways away. Another town. They're trying to. And the Cody guy's like, okay, maybe I can do it if, like... I'll humor you. 
I'll humor you. I can get away with this by saying like there's a potential for a pandemic or kind of like a Ugh. yeah who, that could never happen. Um, but like there's some there could be some airborne illness that we're all getting infected with or something. Um, so that's how he gets away with exhuming the body. And he's he is um, when they go to that funeral home, he's buddies with. The funeral director or the funeral home owner, because he had gotta saved. be a weird relationship. Gotta be a weird relationship, right? Like <laughs> I bring you dead bodies all the time. He, or, de- yeah. he saved somebody in that guy's family, and so okay, he yeah. felt a special like bond with that guy. But he's for some reason the funeral direct- director left those two alone with a body in his <laughs> morgue. You guys aren't gonna do anything not weird, morgue, right? Funeral home, should I say? Yeah. And uh, they waited for sunset to happen. They had the time exactly, and they were waiting and waiting. Staring at a dead body under a sheet. And actually, I fucking just referenced it. The The scene I mentioned in the Hammer movie pretty much happens here. Where So they're like, okay, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. And then they see rustling of mm-hmm. the dead body. They're like, hmm, that's a little weird. That's something. <laughs> you don't see that every day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're confronted with vampire um, lady. I forget her name. I'm an asshole. Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie. Va- vampire Marjorie. And it's a struggle. She, she's overpowered. She's them. like really strong. Yeah, she's yeah. She would win. Uh, she's she she is winning. And she sort of she bites. Uh, yes. Matt, she grazes uh, Cody. Matt Cody G- gets a little chomp chomp. <laughs> little Looks chomp, like me chomp. biting into a chicky wing. You know. A little chomp chomp. Yeah. And this is the part that I have to ask you about because it. Red like she disappeared. She, she disappears. Okay. I G. I. Which I never. I specifically had to look this back up again last. I because. Um, she like faded into nothing. Exactly. And uh, I didn't. She's the only one that I saw do that. Really. So I yeah I read this about a month ago, guys. So I'm not quite as fresh as I should be. But I remember like even this part became foggy to me because I'm like, well they didn't kill her. Uh, they and they had a cross. Yeah, they had a cross. I, they, and holy water. They they come. They do a makeshift cross and they burn her forehead, which is pretty metal. That's like yeah, um, pretty metal. Yeah, but they don't defeat her. It's like she's wounded and she gets away. There's a lot, and that's something else I like about this book. Uh, they lose all the time, like the protagonists. They're, they do. They lose more than they win. They're they're taking the L's all the time, and this is kind of an like they they just barely fucking survive. Uh, Cody gets fucking bit, so they they pretty much do the. I didn't realize it when I brought it up a few minutes ago, but they kind of do the holy water thing to to Cody, right? right? Like he he got fucking bit. Don't he, they suction some of it out or something? They might suction some of it out. It could be like a like snake a sn- snake, yeah, like snake bite, bite thing. Snake bite. Yeah, but um, and he's like, I think I'm good. I, I hope but I'm not a vampire. Freaked out. I mean, yeah. he flipped out a little bit. Yeah. Why wouldn't you, right? Because you don't expect. This was a this was a necessary scene though because we needed some, so he was reluctant to believe it kind of just like Susan and we needed a scene where like some guys confronted with it and he's like well fuck I don't it, it's like that scene from um ah uh, damn it what's the I covered it on the podcast with your husband um the vampire movie yeah the vampire Tarantino the, movie yeah yeah uh, where where George Clooney he does this like great like. I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, he, he does this great speech of like, listen, I'm a real, I'm a realist. I don't believe in fucking vampires, but what we just saw is vampire activity. So do we all agree that we're dealing with fucking vampires? And it's like, from dusk till dawn, there we go. Yes, what it is. But yeah. I just, 
That's a good I've thing. I've never seen that movie, but I heard that podcast. It's good. It's a good movie. I'll have uh, to watch that. Yeah, it's you dig most of it. Yeah. Yeah, you dig it, I think. There's action, there's excitement. And there's vampires, baby. And there's vampires. So, yeah, I think that, that whole scene was crazy suspenseful. And I enjoyed it. And then she just disappears into the ether. We don't know what happened to her. And I left myself questioning. I'm like, did that really, did she just disappear? Because you don't really hear of the other ones disappear, although they can float. So they do have some the, the one magical gl- powers. I could be misremembering this. I do, rem- I, I feel like the younger Glick is kind of like a phantom. After, like, Okay, that makes sense. I, but I, I feel like he's the one that infects his older brother, but we don't. It's always the older click that, like, he went after Mark and he Some went after others. Mike Ryerson. I and kinda... then Susan, Susan, uh, yeah. Susan's makes, Susan makes her rounds. She makes, yeah. She's she, hungry. Susan gets around. Yeah. She's really hungry. Hungies. We all get a little hungies. Separately, what, so at that point, they go back to the hospital to tell Matt what happened. I also like it when Matt was like, all right, I've been reading every fucking vampire. <laughs> I've been reading all these goddamn vampire books. I haven't I, slept a wink. I know all this shit. And then Mark shows, uh, how does, Mark meets up with fucking Ben. Like, I, I think Ben just finds it weird that Mark is walking or around on a school day. Oh, yeah. And does he meet him at the hospital or at his he, house? It doesn't matter. I think I he meets him. At his boarding house. At his boarding house. Yeah. Mark shows up at his boarding house. And then he's waiting for him to wake up. I forget why Mark Petrie would know to go to the boarding house, but... She might have told... Susan might have told Ah, uh, good call. Good call. Like, we're suspecting this is happening. We're suspecting there's vampires. I kind of don't buy it. Um, mm-hmm. My perfect uh, boyfriend that I'm falling in. That's another thing. It's why pretty are, quick. Why are they so in love? Also, another thing that... He's uh, in love because she's a younger woman. Yeah. Also, something that we're going to see in com- forthcoming uh, Stephen King books, um, all of his protagonists are just great at fucking. Like all the, uh, like he's never made love like this before. It's all awesome. Like all right. the ri- all the writer characters. It's like okay, Stevie. We, oh, we, he thinks it's yeah, like yeah. Him? yeah. Oh, we, oh, we get it, bro. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but come on. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the settle- female can be the yeah, driver settle- of the thing. S- settle down, bro. But uh, good call. No, that Susan. I'm, I'm sure Susan mentioned it to Mark. So, Mark shows up at the boarding house. Is like, hey, I need help. Uh, I need help. Uh, your wife to be is dead. Um, or most I'm likely- distressed to hear this, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I didn't. I told her to stay put. I told her to be a proper woman. <laughs> no, and, I, I, yeah, not investigate. A further reading of this, uh, a feminist reading of this, would be maybe. She did take the bull by the horns and did try to, you know, destroy the evil. Although I just was annoyed because I thought she was not properly prepared. And whoever wrote this book, sorry, Stephen King, did not properly prepare her to face battling a vampire. She had a makeshift cross. Could we do better than that? Probably. It's a part of the male gaze. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Young college grad. Yeah. What a babe. uh, And that's... uh, Something about this podcast or whatever. I'm not going to say everything that Stephen King writes is awesome, but uh, um, we uh, obviously I dig a shit. Also, it's a sign of the times. It's also a sign of the times. I mean, it's different yeah. times then. It's 1975. Because you start a Stephen King podcast doesn't mean you like every aspect of every book. Or I every do book like itself. this book. I do like this book too overall, but there are like 
you're like, okay, yeah, I can see a young, I could see this is like, this is a good book by a young writer. Right. He'll get better and better, then a little bit worse, then better and better. I mean, you probably think I'm not, I'm no writer, but probably if you publish something and you get criticism, you think I could have done this Uh better. I could have tied this to that. Um, I could have wrapped this up better. Yeah. And that's all in retrospect, hearing the feedback. I mean, you're only getting feedback from not that many people when you're trying to publish a book. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, he has an interesting, like, relationship with criticism and stuff. And he's very, uh, especially, like, after the mid-'80s is when he seems to be very low on himself. When, Aww. like, uh I don't know why. He does have amazing hits. If you have a book that's turning into a movie or several books turning into movies, you should be very proud of yourself. Yeah. Who can say that? And how I, many are there? A lot. We should do a we should calculate that sometime. He has a he, he goes back and forth that he's like in in his book on writing, he has a very good like people ask me what a talented writer is. I say if you sold a story uh and they sent you a check and you cashed that check and you paid your uh electric bill with that check and it didn't bounce then i say you're talented at the same I mean, time that's based off someone's opinions though uh, yeah like, I, yeah it could, it's all subjective mm-hmm. you could meet someone who thinks your stuff is great and then you can meet someone who thinks it's trash it could be amazing you could just be meeting someone on the wrong day so mm-hmm. it is it is hard tastes are so different so, something else that he said uh, and on writing, which isn't a traditional like novel or something, but it is a good book. That's a, that'll be an interesting thing that that's way down the road now that we'll cover. But uh, something he was talking about is like, okay, so if you want to write, you have to read all the fucking time. And part of that is you'll be reading really good books and really shitty books. And weirdly, when you read bad stuff, it'll, it'll like be a confidence boost and be like, fuck, I've written better shit than this. Like you know it's better. Yeah, like, uh, I can do this if this guy got published. Fuck. Can you so, believe it? Yeah. yeah. I get that. That so, makes sense. So. Side Steve, note. A little Stevie King corner. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Petrie and... Um, Petrie connects with uh, Ben Mears mm-hmm. and filling him in about his girl. Unfortunately, that happened. They decide... At that point, do they decide to go to the hospital? Tell they, Matt? They, they go to the hospital and they meet up with Matt. And it's it's a funny scene where Matt is like, he has books and books and books. I was gonna say, I picture him with a pile of books. And Mark <laughs> knows all the information already. And he, he like all the information about vampires. Comic books, I mean. baby. Yeah, basically. And um, getting a good uh, formation of the Cotet. If I want to throw out some more Dark Tower terminology, that the is group a good coming together, point. baby. Wow. Um, You've really analyzed this. Sorry. Yeah, and... I love the symbolism. Shit that... uh, And the connections. Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, the Dark Tower did exist back then, just in a very... Primordial. Yes, very primordial form. Yes. Yeah. It was a zygote. Yeah. I don't know what a zygote is, (laughs) to be honest. I didn't major in science. Is that the beginning? Yeah. Okay, it was a zygote. Or the alpha? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, okay. it's the egg. It is the brain, it's the, the center. But they, they have this, like, um, it's uh, another uh, comparison I want to make. It's Avengers Assemble moment. It's um, 
they decide like this shit's spreading. Uh, probably half the town is already gone. If we give it another few days, it's going to be the whole fucking town. So we have to stop this fucking shit. What are the rules of vampires? Kill the goddamn head one. You get the, you can stop the bleeding or whatever. And, so, and, and this is what I'm fuzzy on. In some movies and some books, you kill the head, kills all the kills other all ones. In this case, not so much. Not so much. Unfortunately not. But I mean, I guess they could test that theory. And they, they, this is something that comes up in the Dark Tower later on. There's classes of vampires. There's like, Barlow is the head of this like section of the virus. So even if you don't kill, even if you kill him and it doesn't kill everyone else, if you kill him, they're at least like you cut off the head. So then you're just dealing with like, they have no direction. And yeah, exactly. Like a directionless army. They might be easier to pick off after that. And they're all, this is also theory shit though, that they're talking about. They're like, we, the the hope is that the other ones die, I think. And if not, at least we'll take out the fucking leader and then we can go from there. Because they're all new to this game. They exactly. just know they're hungry. That's all they know. They know they're hungies. They know they want some, they some, want some, some besides blood, chicken fingies. Some blood sandwiches. Yeah, some blood sandwiches. Okay, so G, we're an hour and a half. We got a good little bit to go. Do you care if I start another file? Yes, let's do it. Because we'd have 15 minutes to wrap this up, but I don't know if yes, we could do it in 15 yes, minutes. Yes, let's do that. All right, listeners, so we'll see you on the other side for Sam's Lot 2. Not the sequel. Uh, there, there's a direct-to-movie sequel. Not good. <laughs> not or direct-to-video sequel, Sam's Lot 2, Return to Sam's Lot. It's not that. We're going to cover the rest of the book. I took a really long time saying that. Okay. Baby. <laughs>